1: Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, September twenty third, twenty twenty two. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr., and I'm joined by Carly Veloci, formerly of Windows Central. Carly, how's it going?
2: I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing?
1: Now, I need I need a pause for one second because I can hear an echo. I hear myself talking. I found it. YouTube. I, had, I had the stream open in YouTube uh, j- oh. just now for a second, so I had to close it real quick. Uh, Carly, thank you so much for for joining me here. Of course, you're formerly of Windows Central. Can I ask? First of all, what did you do for Windows Central?
2: So okay, so this this gets a little complicated. So I'll try to keep it basic. So I was the gaming lead at Windows Central, Android Central, and iMore, um, and then I was also the copy chief across those three sites as well. So two jobs basically. Oh wow!
1: So what what did a day look like for you then?
2: Um, it sort of depended on how many things needed editing, but generally speaking, I would you know, figure out the content strategy for the gaming team, which is across those three sites. Um, and then I would also, you know, edit stuff on the day-to-day. I managed a whole team of editors and answered a lot of questions about how things should be written. And it was, yeah, just a, just a lot of things, basically. It, it changed from day-to-day, from week-to-week, depending on, you know, if it was, you know, a slow period in games or the upcoming October nightmare.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, then, could you recap for us a little bit, like what the last uh, week or so has been like? Because, of course, this week on KPD, we've been having tons of guests on, both from Fanebyte, and then we've also had uh, someone on from uh, Android Central as well, right? Talking about the layoffs, the, the wave of layoffs that have happened recently. Yeah. Uh, it's been very interesting and fascinating, like hearing all the different perspectives in terms of. Yeah, dude, like I was just chill- chilling out and all of a sudden I started looking on Twitter and my co-workers were piecing out one by one, <laughs> right? Like for yeah. you, what did, what was that like at Windows Central?
2: I mean, thankfully it wasn't as bad as it was at Fanbyte, um, but it was, you know, you get the email in your inbox with, you know, your boss's boss's boss and an HR person. And that really only means one thing. And I worked very closely with Jen, who you had on earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, So... I was able to commiserate with her along with um, the other people that got laid off. It was They basically cut the copy team, um, which uh, you know I was the head of, and then because I was head of the gaming team, I, I don't know, I also got cut there, um, and then Jen got cut, and it was just just really sad, mostly it came out mm-hmm. of nowhere, but um, at the very least, uh, it was handled better than Fanbytes was handled. Yeah. That was a nightmare, so... Where did
1: your industry journey start? Uh, was Windows Central like early on in the journey for you in terms of like when, when you started getting into games media, or does it span even further back than that?
2: Yeah, so I started in games media in like 2012, um, doing like freelance work um, for like Pace Magazine and a few other places. Like when Kill Screen was still a thing, I wrote for Kill Screen, you know, um, just doing a lot of freelance stuff. Working here was like my first like full time working in games kind of job because there aren't that many of those which is so it's unsurprising mm-hmm. that this was my first and i was here for four years um until last week it's been a week and a half right i don't know what time is anymore but it's a flat circle yeah exactly um <laughs> but i started in i didn't, my plan was not to write about games i wanted to be a film critic um but i don't know it felt like i was in boston at the time and At the time, Boston was having this really great video game moment because Irrational was still open. And, and, you know, Fallout 4 came out, like, not too long after I started. Mm -hmm. I think, like, 2015. So I wanted to cover that for some local papers. um, And then it just sort of grew from there. Um, Gotcha. And now I'm I'm here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then, well, do you have a plan currently? Like, is... Uh, in this moment, like, are, do you do you want to do more stuff in games? Are you like, well, maybe now is my time to get into film critique? Like, Do you know what the next step is for you yet?
2: I have absolutely no idea. Um, I had sort of been yeah, thinking about... about... Oh, I
3: mean, open it up. Kev, you're unmuted. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, I'm sorry. You're good.
2: It's okay, I just thought I did something wrong. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I have no idea, but I'm open to writing about entertainment as well as video games but i feel like covering video games is really important right now mm-hmm. so i'm gonna try to stick it out we'll see if that actually ends up happening considering how few jobs there are but if you if you are hiring i am available
1: of course and if people are hiring where can people reach out to you
2: um my dms are open on twitter i'm at Velociraptor, which is just spelled like velociraptor with an extra c in it oh that's and fantastic thank you <laughs> um and then um, I am, you know, you can email me at belowchi.ca at gmail.com, and I'm on LinkedIn, which is LinkedIn, so.
1: Gotcha. Now, usually, before we get into the show, I love to ask our, our guests a fun question, which is, what is their favorite game of all time? But instead of doing that, I'm going to ask a different question, Carly, oh. one that comes from patreon.com slash games. Jake O. writes in and says, Hey KFGD, I have a topic that I'm sure has been discussed here and there before, but it has come up again on social media recently, and I would like to ask your opinions on it. Yesterday, Barstool Game Time uploaded their list of the top 10 most influential games of all time, and it reads like this right? The list goes uh, Mario Brothers at number one, Super Mario Brothers, uh, at number two, Tetris, at number three, Fortnite, at number four, Counter Strike at number 5, GTA 3, at number 6, Metal Gear Solid, at number 7, Ocarina of Time, at number 8, World of Warcraft, a number 9, Techno Super Bowl, and at number 10, Space Invaders. How do we feel about this list? I believe Halo should be on there over Counter-Strike, since I believe it did more for the FPS genre. I also believe Street Fighter should be up there as well, and maybe even Batman Arkham Asylum. That's one. That one's a bit of a stretch, I know, but it sort of did for superhero video games, what Spider-Man and Iron Man did for superhero movies. What are your thoughts? Thank you for for everything. And I think this is fascinating cuz I was expecting a top 10 list that I was going to absolutely hate. Whatever you say like, "Oh yeah, this outlet that isn't necessarily known for games is putting out a top 10 list of most influential." I'm like, "All right, let's see what bullshit is on this list." <laughs> I'm actually su- surprised by how much of this list. I'm like, "I'm not mad at it, Carly. Like what what what's your take here?"
2: It's a pretty good list, honestly. Um if you're talking about influential games, it's not necessarily the best games. It's the games that started something so Mm -hmm. i think in general like most of these fall under that category i understand uh jake thinking that street Fighter should be in here because there is no fighting game on this list but it's also only 10 games so i'm sure if you expanded it to 15 or 20 there'd be a fighting game on here um but in general like all these games hit a certain different genre different sort of gameplay mechanic or style that hadn't been done before or hadn't been done to to this level before so i think it's actually a pretty good list all things considered it hits a lot of different um, yeah sectors
1: and even even for ones that would come to mind in terms of uh, I, don't, I would go this game instead of get this game like mario 64 comes to mind like i think mario 64 is easily one of the most influential games of all time right and a lot of that is for what that game does, uh, did in terms of their transition from 2d to, to 3d Yeah. they do have zelda ocarina of time on here which i think gets a gets a lot of that done as well right so i feel like ocarina kind of covers for mario 64 not being here and then also super mario brothers being here right i think they kind of hit bo- uh, both on there and then i would jump to something like even the last Us, right in terms of um the i think the step forward that that, that game had in terms of a cinematic presentation in an action game, right? Especially when you talk about what PlayStation games turned into after The Last was coming through, right? Because of The Last was, I think we got the God of War 2018 that we did. I think we get a lot of those PlayStation first party things that we do. That said, they got Metal Gear Solid on here, which I think is another example of. Well, Metal Gear Solid, way before even Last of Us, did so much in that same way for the mm-hmm. cinematic uh, approach in, in terms of narrative, in terms of character building, in terms of a lot of that stuff in video games. And yeah, working down the list, Tetris, 100% should be on there. Fortnite, I think that's a fascinating one that I agree with. Fortnite should be on here. We are talking about battle pass systems. We were talking about how big that was for the battle royale genre. Of course, PUBG came first, but I think Fortnite really came through and it, revolutionized. Like perfected
2: battle royales.
1: 1000 percent And yeah, the list goes on. I Counter-Strike is one where I probably would go GoldenEye or Halo over Counter-Strike. I'm not mad at Counter-Strike being on here though. And then of course GTA 3, like it's gotta be on here. I'm not mad at this list, right? I think the ones that I I I, I glance at a little bit would be Tech Tecmo and Space Invaders. But again, Space Invaders being an early, early video game that was very popular, that was very successful, right? Like I get it being on here, and Tecmo. I mean look at sports games now right like i think tecmo uh, is an early example of um sports sim being uh, done right right and like do we get madden the way we get madden along with all the other sports games the way we get them without tecmo i don't know right i think tecmo is a very good early example of that
2: yeah it's like every everything in this list is sort of like well without this game there wouldn't be blank so which is like sort of what you were getting at just like going through the list. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Last of Us is a phenomenal game in terms of tech, but you wouldn't have that without Metal Gear Solid. Um, 100%. Or like Space Invaders is like the the weird one, I think, but like you wouldn't have like arcades as they are without Space Invaders or,
3: mm.
2: you know, and like you said, like Tecmo, that was the one I also like did a double take on, but yeah, like in terms of sports sims, like you wouldn't have all those games without uh, Tecmo, but... I don't play sports sims so that's why I was like what but in general yeah like I think yeah I think like if you expanded this to 20 you would get stuff like Halo you would get stuff sure. like, like like even Mario Doom. 64 things yeah, like that. Somebody in chat so. mentioned
1: Doom and I'm like yeah Doom's another great oh, Doom, yeah. Like Those are great games. Absolutely. Um, but yeah like I think this kind of spans the broad like what are the what are some of the big shifts that happened in video games? And I think you're getting a good smattering here. And yeah, I think if you increase it to 20, then you start to get the Street Fighters of the world and, and even more in there.
2: Yeah, but of course it like snowballs from there. So I I understand them trying to limit it to 10 because once you hit 20, you're like, well, we couldn't add this one. We got to expand it to 30 and then 50. And then you got like, um I think Polygon had a list that was like the top 100 games of the last decade or something. Or I love those lists games. so much. Yeah, so like, what you get those a hundred game lists, and then, and then you get more of like, well, I don't agree with this one. I don't agree with this one. So yeah. I appreciate them limiting it to ten. But yeah, I think it's a really solid list overall. Um, it's really amusing how it this comes from Barstool, which, like you said, is not really known for video game coverage. But I know video games and sports tend to intersect a lot. Um, so for sure, I was just amused by that tidbit.
1: Uh, Carly, enough about the most influential games of all time. Let's <laughs> talk, let's talk about video game news stories, stories which include a hacker being arrested in the UK. I'll tell you later how that relates to video games. Shuhei speaks on indies and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news that you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindofunny.com slash you're wrong. If we don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindofunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above. Get to write in. And silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you. Uh, Snowback Mike stripped down to his boxers in two public parking lots this week and Greg was shocked. Here's the whole story on Kind of Funny Podcast today. Of course, that's up on YouTube.com, slash so kind of funny and on podcast services man, around the
3: globe.
1: The longer, the longer I, I, I I know Mike and the more I get to learn about him, the more I'm like, this man is a cartoon character. He's is is a full-on cartoon. animation.
3: He made it out last night.
1: No, I can't. <laughs> like, because, again, Mike just disappears, or he just doesn't do things, or he does crazy things, right? Mm. So, like, when you pick uh, to catch audience up, right? Like, me, Kev, and Joey went out uh, for fun last night, and uh, Kev hit me up just randomly. He was like, yo, we going to fun? You, you want to and I'm like, yeah, who's all going? And you, meant, you mentioned it was Joey and Mike, and I was like, oh, yeah, let's, let's do it. And you picked me up, and Mike wasn't there, and I'm like, this does not surprise me. This is, this is the most Mike thing that ever happened.
3: Up, I updated you like 30 seconds after you were like, I'm in. I was like, Mike just, Mike just uh, backed out. Mike just backed yeah. out. And why yeah. did he back out?
1: Because he started a game of Valorant.
3: <laughs> F- Snow Michael and, Michael. And let's for a moment, like, let's add the cartoon factor of he's never had noodles, according to Mike. He's like, I've never had noodles before. I don't know if where he, he I want you to a noodle place. And he almost backed
1: out because he was nervous to have noodles, is what it sounded like. Because you were on the <laughs> phone with him at the restaurant, and you're like, oh, they got sandwiches. They got, they got sandwich. a chicken sandwich. This... And so I'm like, is this questions. man afraid of eating noodles? Is, that... <laughs> is this what's happening right now? He's never I had lost it
3: before.
2: I'm so lost. <laughs> but, like, how have you
1: uh, – uh, Oh, We, we just got I mean. an
3: employee here that's just a wild character that's never had a noodle.
2: I'm more confused on the noodle part. That's very. Confusing. I mean, he, I am too. He has
3: spaghetti, but like, mm. I think it's like maybe like ramen style noodles. Yeah, he's yeah, okay. he's never had. Yeah, that's a
1: little. He's bit also hot. he's also never had shrimp. I got shrimp rolls last night, and he was looking at it like, it was
3: crazy. <laughs> he's like, I've never had one of those things. I'm never yeah. gonna have it. They're and so good. Like,
1: we can change They're this so right good. now man yeah shrimp is fantastic we can give you shrimp right now was like no i'm good i'm good man. i'll I'm put good. in a delivery
2: on grubhub right now and deliver shrimp to his house
3: like
1: i <laughs> i i think we can make very great content out of it and i'm shocked that like i assume we've been pitching it but it's just not been greenlit yet of mike's
3: food i got an idea for a show which is calling my first and we just it's him sitting in a white room with a with a table in front of him and it's like my first time eating shrimp and it's just be four, di- four different ways of cooking shrimp, you know? And we can get Andy in there, too, because Andy hasn't had mac and oh, cheese. Oh, mac right? and cheese. Which nope. one of them hasn't had an egg? Is That's Mike as well. Is Mike? This no, no, no. Andy's allergic to eggs, so he hates them. Mike mm. has never had an egg because he's scared of them. We should keep no, going. The Husky, that was my bad. That was my bad, yeah. guys.
1: Is He's just a fascinating human being. Go listen to the Kind of Funny podcast. I'm excited to listen to this Kind of Funny podcast. YouTube.com is kind of funny. Uh, And then also, our God of War re-review episode of PSI Love You XOXO is up right now on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and on podcast services around the globe. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by Shopify and MeUndies, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. The Baker's Cousin. Starting with our number one. The police have arrested a 17-year-old reportedly linked to the Rockstar security breach. This comes from Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. UK police have arrested a 17-year-old in Oxfordshire or Oxfordshire, Oxfordshire, uh, on suspicion of hacking. And it's being claimed that it's in relation to the recent GTA 6 hack. Citing a source said to be familiar with the matter, journalist Matthew Keyes claimed the arrest o- claimed the arrest over the recent Rockstar hack, and possibly an Uber hack, too, was conducted in concert with an investigation conducted by the FBI. Quote, police expected to give more details on arrest of 17-year-old Rockstar games hacker later today, possible statement coming from the FBI later this morning afternoon, he tweeted. The suspect was arrested on Thursday evening and is believed to be a member of the Lapsus hacking group. Earlier this week, transport tech giant Uber uh, has said it was it was in con- contact with the FBI and U.S. Department of Justice regarding the culprit of a recent security breach, which is poten- potentially the same hacker behind Rockstar's GTA 6 leak. And what will likely go down as one of the game industry's most high-profile data leaks ever, more than an hour of GTA 6 development footage was published on Sunday via an anom- anonymous user posting on the GTA Forum's website. The anonymous user claimed they had they had obtained the leaked assets via an internal Slack channel, and that they were also behind a recent Uber da- data breach, which also had Slack at its center. Carly, have you been keeping up with this GTA Six leak business?
2: I it's uh it's wild.
1: Yeah, like what's been your what's been your take on it as as it's been going on? Have you been per- partaking in the forbidden fruit of videos no. out there of GTA Six?
2: No, I haven't. It's uh whenever leak stuff comes on i try and avoid it if i can it's i don't think leaks are particularly good for the developers and i want to i want to try and respect that if i can yeah it's always one of those
1: ones where for me there's different types of leaks like whenever like when the black panther ea game was leaked right it was more so just a report of hey this game exists right and that i'm i'm eating up that i'm like you know what man like oh, let me let me let me talk about this a little bit. Let me like let me it. let me, I'll I'll allow it, right? When it's something like this that seems so malicious and so just like, I would say heartbreaking to the people working on the game because this is a thing that they've been working on for for a very long time. And also, you know, it's a it's a leak that is not for the intent of information, right? in the way of, cool. I can understand the audience wanting to know that the Black Panther game exists. I can understand an audience wanting to know that The Last of Us Remake exists. I think that serves people well uh, with that information to some extent, right? I think you can argue, argue it each way. But at the at the end of the day, I think there's less um, malicious intent there as opposed to this GTA 6 leak, which is, hey, I'm just a dude. I'm a hacker. I'm on Reddit. I'm just leaking all these videos of gameplay that people have been, have been uh, uh, working on. And also, I'm out here with the... Um, the source code, and I am auctioning it off, right? And I am extorting Rockstar. It's like, at that point, it's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing, right? Like, that is that is way beyond the realm of, oh, this is, like, part of... A, this, this is a journalistic thing. This is part of information for the audience, uh, and turns into something uh way worse. Which makes this scenario really interesting in terms of the police seemingly, allegedly, finding the, the, the hacker, and then being a 17-year-old kid, right? Like, this is one of those weird ones where i'm like where do you go from here right like how do you deal with this how do you even how do you deal in terms of like punishment for somebody who is a kid right who like did something that they definitely shouldn't have right and extorted a billion dollar company you know it's that thing of like yeah this this person should be punished for this but also oh man this person might have ruined their life right and they're at the start they're at the start of their life at this point
2: yeah it's it's all very strange i'm not i'm sort of not surprised that it's a 17 year old because i feel like teenagers just like they don't really understand consequences a lot so i i can understand this person being like oh i'm going allegedly going to like like i'm gonna auction this off and then you know letting the fbi find them if this is the person um but i think that this this sort of relates to a larger thing i've been thinking about in terms of leaks because there's been so many recently and a lot of them seem to just be for internet clout or you know fame or you know something that's not like you said journalistic or Mm -hmm. for the information of people online is just for i guess vanity or fame it's and it's i think it's it's extremely dangerous because as we've seen with the gta leak now like there's so much that got leaked and it puts the developers in a really bad place they'll have to like they're definitely going to have to delay the game as they figure out security protocols going forward it's going to really increase privacy just like privacy concerns just across the the whole industry and I'm, yeah, I'm worried what this is going to mean for journalists. I mean, like, I'm a journalist, so, of course, I'm thinking about this. And, you know, how, like, we already have, like, trouble getting access to a lot of things because security is generally so tight. And so I wonder now, like, with all these leaks, not just the GTA one, but, you know, The Last of Us, the God of War, the... Even just, like, the most recent, like, Assassin's Creed stuff where they found out it was a where it was a YouTuber who was like, who found like a different account and was leaking ND8 info. And I've seen leaks that are like, hey, this stuff's coming. And I'm just like, I got that under embargo and I'm going to publish it next week. So like what really is the point of posting that information online? Because it's like, you're going to find out in three days anyway. And so it's all just sort of a mess. Um, Not even including the fact that like this, person is linked to a whole hacker group that also hacked uh uber um i know uber said there weren't any user accounts uh affected or at least that's what they said in the last thing i read but there's other like i think they're also tied to maybe the nvidia leak that happened i don't even know now the hacking
1: group yeah i believe is tied to that as well
2: yeah so it's just like this see it feels a little separate but it is related to just a whole culture of leaks going on right now and
1: yeah it's it's so messy um especially when you bring up the the one we um from earlier right of hey this is a this youtuber was getting access to press events right because they were a size they they had they had a sizable channel and they're taking that and they're putting it on this alt account that was hey this is my this is my account that i'm gonna get for clout but like the idea of it blows my mind right because at the end of the day if that's not your face on there, if that's not even like, if that's not you, right? If this alt alt account that you're using is an, an- anonymous leaking source, what clout are you even gaining from that, yeah. right? Like you're not making money off of it. You're not getting clout for yourself. You already have an ex- a successful YouTube channel. What are you doing? And now you just open yourself up to maybe legal action because you've been exposed yeah. and you're leaking embargoed slash possibly NDA'd information depending on, 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 on what it is, right? Which opens you up to um, for rea- ret- retaliation, right? Absolutely, Um yeah that that kind of thing confuses me and it also buns me out for the point that you're making of well that's going to ruin it for the rest of us right like what does how, how does ubisoft respond or how does any big uh triple a publisher respond or publishers in general respond to well we gave these people access we we trusted them and now um a small group or a or one person betrayed that cool what are the precautions we're going to take next time to make sure that doesn't happen and i think that that then leads to things becoming difficult even to this gta thing right uh this hacker got this information from both rockstar and uber via hacking slack and so what does that do in terms of rockstar and their security protocols where they're like well fuck. All right. Guess we can't use Slack anymore to share files. Instead, we're going to go we're, like we got to find ways to make this. Not only just one layer deep. We got to find three layers in which we mm-hmm. can figure out how to not allow this shit to leak again. All it's right. Truly cool.
2: months of figuring out like where the security holes are and trying to patch them. Like, it's going to take up so much time.
1: And that that and that could even go as far as to change um uh what work life is like for a lot of the workers, right? What if this does turn into Hey, you can't work from home anymore because exactly. we don't believe in uh, the security of the the um, uh, software that we have. You have to come into work, right? None of these assets leave this office. You know that those are those are things that happen in, um, when it comes to uh, trying to find ways to beefing up security and make sure that something like something as big as GTA Six doesn't get out there and leak to the public. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of these things have a, have a lot of big ramifications, and it's a bummer to see people treat leaks. Each and every way. Again, I think there are quite a, there's quite a bit of leaks that are that can be valuable, that can be good, especially when we're talking about things like work culture um, at studios, things like crunch crunch culture, people coming out. What Jason Schreier uh, does for Bloomberg, what plenty of reporters do in terms of, hey, this studio, the way they're treating the workers isn't great. Those are the kind of reports, and those are the kind of leaks that, like, oh hell yeah, like let's let's hear about that. Let's learn, yeah. about, learn about that so we can make things better. Um, and even things again, like Black Panther, or like last is part one and stuff like that i'm like okay cool like these at, at least you're not leaking in people's entire like people at least you're not leaking source code right at least you're not leaking things that are going to ruin people's job like yeah it might be a bummer for marketing or and of course there's like there's balance when it comes to that as well but these kind of leaks i think are just they're bad right they're they're, they're such a bummer the way they happen like this
2: and i mean like data miners there's like a whole culture of that as well where you just like dig into the source code of like live service games or Things like that. And you just like, oh, this is what they're planning for the future. And like I get that in a way, like I don't really read into that stuff, but I sort of get it. Um, but this is a whole different level. This is footage and source code and hours worth. Like this is like this is these are assets. The it's yeah. like they basically leaked, like, oh, oh, this is where the game's at right now. And that's really dangerous um for just a whole lot of people. And Yeah, I'm concerned now, like, yeah, what this is going to mean, but like in terms of just GTA six, like people have been waiting for this game for a very long time. And so it also sort of feels, I don't know, vicious in that way, because, you know, GTA five came out in like what, 2013, Mm -hmm. um, and GTA six is still not out yet. And like, we known they've been working on it, but
1: yeah, it it feels sort of like, well, if
2: you're not going to say anything, I'll say something.
1: Yeah. And, we, I mean, we got the reports, too, of, hey, this is a game, GTA 6 is going to be in Vice City. And I think we also heard that um, it, had, it has a um, a two protagonists, right? A male protagonist and a female protagonist. Like, we've heard those things before. And, again, it's that range of, all right, that, like, I think that package information in terms of leaking isn't harmful. Again, it can be a bummer for the people that might be working on it that are like, oh, we wanted to keep this a surprise, or, oh, we wanted to market this a, a certain way. But at, at the end of the day, I don't think that is anywhere near as harmful as the leak that just happened of the 90 videos leaked and all in source code and all this stuff and the extortion, like that is just to be on another level, but we'll see, we'll see one if this truly is the guy um, that they got. And then also what happens from here, right? How do you treat the situation? How do you treat, how do you um, treat this hacker who again is only 17 and, and, that, that that by itself is a whole is a whole bag of worms. Maybe he gets hired as a hacker hacker for the government or something. Who knows? It does
2: happen, so we'll see. That
1: does happen, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if if they figure out a way to do that here. Um, mm-hmm. but I digress. Let's hop in the story number two. PlayStation's got some opinions on indies launching on PS Plus. This comes from Zarmina Khan at PlayStation Lifestyle. Sony Interactive Entertainment's beloved indie boss Shuhei Yoshida has weighed in on the PS Plus A1 games debate, reiterating the company's stance and arguing that the service should be used for lifecycle management rather than launching games. In other words, Shu2 believes that video games should have traditional premium launches and subscription services like PS Plus should be used to breathe new life into games uh, whose sales are starting to slow down. Speaking to gamesindustry.biz at GI Live London, Yoshida said that games like Stray and Rocket League, which went on, which went on to become hits after launching on PS Plus, are outliers. Sony believes in premium launches, especially for AAA games, with Yoshida likening PS Plus games to movies that launch in theaters first before moving on to pay-per-view, subscription services, etc. Quote For extra, our approach is we like to help publishers with lifecycle management, Yoshida said. Quote, I was managing first party, so I know know that it's like in the movies. A movie comes out at the theater first, then goes to pay-per-view or a subscription service or free TV, every time generating new revenue and reaching out to a broader audience. In the same kind of way, we believe in the premium release of a title at launch and after maybe six months or three months or three years when the game's sales come down, inclusion into, into this service, PS Plus Extra, can help introduce these games to a new, broader audience, end quote. Yoshida went on to say that Sony actively encourages publishers to use PS Plus to manage their game's life cycles. Carly, where are you at with the idea of launching games on PS Plus versus launching games later on on PS Plus, specifically indie games?
2: It's interesting because this is a huge topic of conversation across multiple industries right now. Um, you know, they mention, you know, streaming and movies and TV and things like that. So there's a lot of questions as to like, okay, so is releasing a new thing on streaming worth it? And I feel like there has been a backlash to that. Um, you can see that with like HBO Max where, you know, they released all their new movies on the service during the pandemic. And now they're like, that was a mistake which I disagree with. Um, And I feel like that's sort of what they're trying to figure out here is, well, first of all, like, I think they're trying to separate themselves from Xbox Game Pass, um, which is going to be an obvious comparison for a lot of people. But I also think they're just trying to make sure that they can make, you know, money on a lot of games. I feel like maybe it's possible, like, because Stray did so well that they were like, oh, we didn't really get um as much money as we could have from stray mm-hmm. but at the same time i understand this idea of like re-releasing games on a service because you know you see that with steam sales um where a game you know comes out and it does fine but then it's like at a nice discount during a steam sale and it's on the front page and everything and it gets all these new players um i think i think i read something once like ages ago um that like from an indie developer that said that like a lot of their sales came from um steam steam sales so mm. that's certainly a strategy absolutely i'm just i'm sort of torn as to whether it's the right thing to do maybe i don't know but i can see where they're coming from um and i don't really agree 100% with you know every game just like getting released normally but I do agree with, you know, them using the service for re-releases or games that, you know, you might have missed the first time. Or if they add more, you know, PS2, PS3 games to the service. Um, So, yeah, I'm sort of torn. I just think that, like, corporations want to make money and uh, putting stuff on streaming doesn't help with that, so... I, I
1: think there's a happy medium here. Like, I'm not actually all the way uh, mad at, at the way at the way Shuhei is talking about it here, because because you know he's talking about he brings up Stray and Rocket League, which I think are examples of games that were able to flourish that were that launched on the service. Um, and Rocket League, I would argue that Rocket League flourished because it launched on the service. I think yeah. it's that it's that difficult thing where you can't A/B test uh, reality, right? Like <laughs> we can't get the version of the of like our timeline where rocket league didn't launch on ps plus and instead costed however costed full price or however much it costed when it came out like let's say if rocket league was 20 20 bucks or something like that i don't know what that universe looks like it's hard for me to imagine that rocket league wasn't successful anyway but i think the question would have been how quick would it have been to success or like what would the numbers have been like compared to it launching on, on, on ps plus stray is another example of I think stray would have done well regardless you know stray a lot of people really really dig that game and it had a lot of um support as far as content creators as far as like i saw quite a few TikToks being made about it um i saw a lot of people talking about it on twitter stray had a lot of conversation around it but it had that conversation before it was even announced for ps plus it was announced for ps plus well a couple of months before it actually came out for ps plus and before that people were already excited about Stray. People were already hyped about Stray. I think Stray would have done fine regardless, but again, we don't know the reality of the version of Stray that didn't come out on PS Plus. Now, on the flip side, uh, one game that I was hoping would launch on PS Plus that didn't was Rollerdrome. I was surprised when Rollerdrome was... was, uh, They have like the the game trial thing for PS Plus, but they actually didn't have the full game on there. And... I thought that was fascinating because Drome is a game that I'll describe as dope as fuck. Like I fucking yeah. love Rollerdrome um, and everybody who I know who's played Drome really enjoys Drome. But compare, like, when we're talking about the conversation around Rollerdrome, I don't see as much conversation around it as I do for Stray and other games that did launch. And so I think there's something there, but I also think that shoot is right in terms of, yeah, we can use PS plus to ignite more excitement around the thing. Like if let's say a couple months from now, Rollerdrome does come to PS plus. That is going to bring a new audience in, right? And you can you can take that and apply it to pretty much any game, right? Right now, Deathloop is on PS Plus and it's on Game Pass as well. Uh, and like a lot of the conversation around Deathloop is how it's coming to Xbox um, for the first time now. But I do think it being on Game Pass and it being on PS Plus eggnice this new thing about it as um uh, as well as it having um uh like new updates and uh, like uh, content and stuff like that right i think that goes a long way in terms of reigniting conversation and mm-hmm. you know uh this isn't something that she mentions but it's something i'll mention right like pairing up the PS, pl- ps plus um uh launch right like if your game has been out already pairing that with a content drop i think goes a long way like imagine if Imagine the numbers you're seeing for Cyberpunk 2077 right now. If Cyberpunk 2077 came out with the Runners update, and that was also on PS Plus, those numbers would be insane in terms of the amount of people that would be in it right now. Like, already those numbers were insane. I was about they to say, They would be yeah. crazier, though. Um, so I th- I would say there's something there in terms of what Shuhei is, uh, is saying. Again, I don't know if I agree with it 100%. I do think that there's a case for everything. Fall Guys, I think, had such a great launch because it was PS Plus. Um... Bucks Next, I think, had such a great launch because it was PS Plus. I don't think Bucks would have done as great if it wasn't. Um, so I think those cases are there, but I do think the opposite is true as well. In terms of games coming th- to it later um, and having that um, resurgence of excitement around it, new audiences coming in, and all that.
2: And I think that this goes to a question about like you know you have so many live service games right now because they have a long life cycle. And games like you know Stray or Roller Dome or Death Loop might not have that long life cycle because they're you know a solo campaign mm. and you're done with it for the most part. So this is just another way to extend a game's life cycle is you know re-upping it into the service. So I think in terms of that, that's a good idea as well. Um, one thousand percent. But yeah, I think it's just um, to say like outright that there'll never be any day one. Or, you know, they're not going to do it super often, I think is fair, but I'm curious at how long that if they're going to stick to that, because yeah. things change all the time. And I feel like, you know, releasing Stray on the PS Plus and then Roller Dome not is sort of them maybe testing that and seeing, you know, what games can do well day yeah. one releases. and that, that might
1: honestly can't. be the A-B test, right? That might be yeah. the, oh, yeah, okay, let's do Stray. Let's not do Roller Dome and see how those compare in terms of the, the way that that these games hit. Um I'm curious to see though how they go, how they move going forward because even though I think she was making the argument and you can make the argument that we don't need to launch, right? Like we can put it there later and it's going to it's going to extend its life cycle. I wonder how that works the other way around in terms of how much something like stray does for PS Plus. Cuz I do think PS Plus could use more of those. Um and even before the PS Plus revamp that we had in June, we saw quite a few games launching day one uh, on PS Plus. Again, you know, Fall Guys did it, Bugsnax did it, <laughs> Destruction All-Stars did it, um, uh, Maquette did it. And not all these games hit, obviously, in the case of Destruction yeah. All-Stars, but a lot of them did. And I think that creates this excitement around PS Plus as a service, right? Even if it's not just the games themselves. I do think you need those for people to continue to be excited about PS Plus. If PS Plus doesn't have anything that's coming out day one, I think you start to lose that ground in terms of, the the amount of positive conversation we have around ps plus specifically the uh, essential tier and the extra tier um i think you'd want to keep that and i think the way to keep that is by keeping uh, or is by continuing doing a lot of day one stuff but i don't know we'll see or you gotta we'll see have go. something
2: else there like you know releasing you know a ton of stuff maybe like in the service like the trial thing or having older games like switch online expansion yeah, like sort of thing or something, or because well, they, costs got, a, they got a lot of ground day, to make you? there. Because, like, yeah, do, you,
1: are, do you do PS Plus? Are you subscribed to? The, yeah, the actually,
2: tiers? we were subscribed before, but then we upped the, to the premium tier because of Stray, because it just made mm-hmm. sense monetarily. But you know, I'm hoping to play more of it. I just moved. Do so you I check out
1: the like the classic stuff like in the premium tier because they have the retro games as well right the ps1 ps2 ps3 stuff do you ever do you check out that library or do you ever play those games
2: yet yeah. and we'll, we're gonna get to this later but it's like cooper is you know now in the service so I'll probably check that out uh, um, that. so yeah. yeah there's there's some options for sure but there's also just too many games to play so i don't i don't know we'll see
1: For sure, I feel that. Uh, Let's hop into the next news story. But before we do, I want to let you know about Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games where you can go and get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors.
0: This episode is brought to you by me, Undies. We've all heard of gut instinct. But have you ever heard of butt instinct? It's when your butt tells you it wants new undies. Listen. To your butt. Luckily, we work with Meundies, makers of the most buttery soft and sustainable undies, bralettes and socks that exist. You know that I have lived my life Meundies head to toe for the majority of the last couple years. I'm just all in on Meundies because they are absolutely the most comfortable uh, clothes I've ever put on my body. Available in sizes extra small to 4XL. They have new colors and prints dropping weekly, so there's always something exciting to check out. You can try their free to join membership for free shipping on every order and exclusive perks. Like an item shipped to your door every month, secret sales, and early access to their newest stuff. MeUndies has a great offer for you guys out there. For any first-time purchasers, you get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com/kinda funny. That's MeUndies.com/kinda funny. Shout out to Shopify for sponsoring this episode. Shopify powers our very own kindoffunny.com slash store, our merch store. And we love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Shopify unlocks the opportunity of your business to more people every day, every 28 seconds. An entrepreneur like you makes the first sale on Shopify. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. You can reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. You can go to shopify.com kfgames KF games, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features grow your business with shopify today go to shopify.com slash kfgames right now that's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash kfgames all lowercase
1: story number three a white xbox series x has been spotted in a logitech ad this comes from tom ivan at video games chronicle a new logitech advert shows what appears to be a white version of microsoft's xbox series x console Outside of special editions, Xbox Series X has only been available in black since its November 2020 launch. But a white version of the console is on display in a new, newly released advert for Logitech's Astro uh, A30 gaming headset. VGC has contacted Microsoft to ask if there's any plans for a white version of the Xbox Series X or if the console featured in the Logitech video is a bespoke one created for the advert. Now, Kevin has pulled it up here, right? As you see, it's a shelf uh, full of different uh, mm. pieces of hardware, mm. right? You got the P- you got the PSVR headset. You got the DualSense. So you got the uh um, ps5 all looking great in white and then you got the xbox series x uh in the top right corner sitting there
3: looking looking mm. great in white hey, bless do you find it interesting that there is no white and black switch like the the new switch like what's up with that why why is the, what is why up is the switch with that?
1: well yeah? i think that's because you can't use that with the a30 headset
3: yeah, that would, make sense. that would be really smart that'd be really smart good job yeah you got me yeah. you got me hey that's what i that's what i do that's why you <laughs> got me guys <laughs> now we got kevin can we get
1: video games chronicle here because is this not just a decal
2: i think it's a decal just to make it match all the other products in the shot
3: yeah I can tell I was... you for a fact, him has a similar looking decal and like, you can't tell cause it's small right now. But I think that if you look at the bottom of the Xbox, go pull up the video yourself, zoom in to the bottom of the Xbox, you see a little black line. I think that's where they just missed just a tiny bit, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a scientist yeah. not anymore. I left that <laughs> life. What I'll say is I would love an
1: Xbox series X. That's why, cause this thing is looking real good. Like if this is a decal, I'm about to go get a decal because <laughs> <laughs> I like the way it matches with the PS5 too. I didn't know that it looked that nice. Um, I've got so, an Xbox
2: Series S in white, and it does look really nice next to the PS5.
1: Oh man, yeah, I might need to grab. I might need to grab this because this this is looking um, pretty cool. But also, it might also be looking pretty cool because in the ad, they're like standing in this white space with lights, and like the person is wearing an all white outfit. Like this is a this is a, a great compo- greatly composed video right here. Right in terms of color, like they did, a, they did a great job with this.
2: Logitech's always been great with like color and color matching, so that is unsurprising to me.
1: Do you th- do you think they're going to make different colors of the Xbox Series X, or do you think no. at this point they just stick to the decal like, situation?
2: I I talk about this all the time. Like we need to go back to a time when there was like different colors for everything, like the Game Boy with like the translucent purple or like, oh, or, like the bright orange or something, and. We've been going away from that, and I think I think we need to bring that back. Like I miss it.
1: Dude, I'm all about. If I can get a Dual Sense controller that is translucent purple, yes, where I can see the cables inside and shit. Oh man, I'll love that. I would buy so it much. immediately.
2: I don't care if it costs like $500. I'd
1: buy yeah. it. I would. Do you know what I would buy? I'll spend a lot of money for a Hey You Pikachu PS5. <laughs> I know it <laughs> makes that makes no sense. I understand, but listen, <laughs> I'm a man with nostalgia. All right, my cousin yeah. had the Hey You Pikachu N64, and when I tell you, I was so jealous of him. I've never been so nice. jealous I of anybody in my life. Yeah, it was cool as hell, right? Like, how, how it was, much I, would
3: you pay? How much would you pay? Would you get? Would you be okay with just modified pl- face plates that are really well done? But they would have to be. They would have to do like the. Like, I'm talking about custom 3D printed ones, but like you're not you're using the liquid 3D print, so like it's smooth as shit. How much do you? But think But it's you not pay for just. That?
1: It's not just the like the plates though, right? Like. The thing, the dope thing about the Hey You Pikachu N64 is that, like, the the on button was a Pokeball,
3: the reset button was like Pikachu's. Flip. No, yeah, like, yeah, 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 but, but that's what I'm saying. They, they've done all these touches to it. So I'm saying, how much do you think you're paying oh, for that? Oh, how much like, do if you think you're you, could you recreate
2: it almost completely? I get it.
3: That's tough. Uh,
1: mm, $800, <laughs> maybe 900
2: I was going to say 200 but that works too.
3: Yeah. well, I mean, I'm th- am I just no, buying the plates? I'm talking like just the plates, just the plates. Just the plates? Oh, or, I mean, then... uh, I guess you are like you send your console in, but you're not going to have a console I for a month. It... For a month? That's how it works. Can I... I'm sorry. You have a Can backup console, else's here. Else's console Yeah, you have a backup one here, but okay. you're going to have to play at home at uh, work. <sighs> 3 3 to 400 dollars I pay. That's wild. Yeah. All right. If anyone, you guys, they know his Twitter, I can find. I can up. finally live <laughs> my dream. I'm a man. If you, if you give
1: me the opportunity to live any of my dreams from childhood, I'm gonna take it. Like I'm gonna do it. So yeah, I'd pay three hundred to four hundred dollars for a Hey You Pikachu, <laughs> um, PS Five. I probably could just find a Hey You Pikachu sd <laughs> Four on eBay or some. Yeah. Show. That's probably the better route to go. But hey, like I'm not gonna use it. I'm I am gonna use my PS Five. So.
2: And you would be the only person on the planet Earth with a PS Five Hey You Pikachu. So that do you understand how much of a
1: it. conversation started that would be it was like exactly wait you have a hey you pikachu ps5 yeah what about it D- they don't make pokemon for ps5 right? i'm like yo
3: i got temtem <laughs> you know I was like about- leave me alone
2: <laughs> temtem. i got temp- oh, my
3: what the fuck? oh
1: my god oh my god wait up. kevin how'd you find this
3: i mean i, I literally just throw hey you pikachu ps5 and this is one of the first things that came up obviously this is just a uh, a render someone put together you know a little photoshop work ugliest but, dual like, sense controller i've ever seen in my life but i, I just do can't like believe you're not the first look.
2: person to want this that's mm. what i'm most surprised by <laughs> yeah somebody <laughs> else
1: on this planet was on the same wavelength and they were like man i really missed the hey you pikachu nc 4 let me make a ps5 and say you pikachu good for them yeah. good for us for having these weird ass brains out yeah good for God the DM. internet." Yeah, internet stays undefeated. Like the uh, internet's
2: bad, but sometimes it gets it right. So
1: Yeah. Speaking of the internet being bad, story number four, Apex Legends Studio Respawn calls for an end to developer harassment. This is Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. Apex Legends Studio Respawn Entertainment has released a statement calling for an end to developer harassment. The studio said it had chosen to release the statement following an increase in harassment towards members of its development team. Quote, we welcome community input. However, the line between constructive feedback and the harassment of our dev team cannot be crossed, it said. Quote, we want to remind our players that we have a zero-tolerance policy for threats and the harassment of our developers. We'll take appropriate action to ensure the health and safety of our team. We love hearing feedback and will continue to work alongside our community to foster a respectful, collaborative environment and uphold the competitive integrity of our game, end quote. Posted to Twitter, the statement has been widely commended by fellow developers, including Destiny Studio Bungie and Santa Monica Studio Creative Director Corey Barlog. Uh if you're out there on the internet and you're out there harassing developers, stop being a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, calm down. It's video games. You're better than this. And uh, like it's the worst part of this game. No, it's just video games. The worst part of this is like I often rationalize it as, oh man, these children are out there acting a fool. And then you look, and a lot of them are adults, and I'm like, oh man. Oh man, we're better than this. Like, what are we doing out here?
2: Yeah, there. This most recent what? one, from what I can tell, stems back to a streamer, you know, an, an adult streamer who was mad that you know his account got locked over a weekend, and nobody works on the weekends at respawn, and there was some other stuff, but that's sort of the TLDR of it. And I was like, it's 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 so just pathetic and sad, and like. Yeah. Apex Legends has been dealing with a lot lately from in terms of harassment because, you know, there's the community has been, you know, like they're not updating stuff fast enough, like they're not updating the stuff we want them to update, like actual feedback. But yeah, it's been a little toxic over the past, you know, six months, a year
1: yeah and like it's the fact of that is like it's not even just apex legends you know the story mentions how people from destiny or people from bungie and cory ballag also were like you know commending the the statement those are both parties that have made their own statements as well right bungie has had the same thing of being like yo calm down everybody like it's not that serious and cory Balog as well with people harassing um sony santa monica about the about the god of war release date um back in Over- june
2: release date can you imagine
1: like it's wild out there um and yeah it, it's it's a bummer like i don't understand i I don't understand it uh be better is really all we can say be better <laughs> now we got breaking news here um oh it, no it says chris pratt mario voice revealed is this popped in the doc out of nowhere i gotta assume greg miller added this and there's also a thing that says kevin play the clip kevin first of all actually i want you to ask questions just play the clip no
3: Is, is the clip line? All right, yeah, no, it's about to go, it's about to go. It was just Uh-oh. muted, and I wanted to make sure we had audio for this. Uh-huh. hey. Hey, where's the freaking gabagoo? Ha, <laughs> <laughs> You motherfucker. <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> he he, he, he interrupted the... <laughs> game Daily for this. Who hey, is this? am working No. Or, like, did Greg send this to you? Uh-huh. This? I saw
2: Greg Miller typing in the doc.
1: Greg for he sure, sent so this Greg. to us. Yeah. Why did he send this to us?
3: <laughs> um, I think he thinks Italian. I'm offended
0: because it's oh. the funniest video ever. Hey. That's why I did it. It's TGIF over here. Have some fun, everybody. Oh my God! Hi, Carly. It's Greg. How are you?
2: Hi. I'm I'm Italian and I'm very offended. You know you see what?
1: Greg, see what you did.
0: Yeah, then I will <laughs> gracefully exit and I'll see you later. But I'm just wow. saying, come on now. That's I good. don't know. You
2: said ghoul. That's that's all I needed. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after hanging out with Nick for so long, I'm definitely used to it, yeah. yeah.
2: I, <laughs> love that not...
1: cho- I love that you chose to put this after the story about dev harassment. You're like, you know and what, And you man? said,
0: hey, be better. And I was like, hey, here's a palate cleanser, everybody. Here's <laughs> something I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying this show, and I'm enjoying this clip right now on the internet because it caught me, and it's good.
1: Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. You're welcome, I love. I you. appreciate I'll you. you. I'll see you after this for Family Feud. Uh, let's round out the Ripper report report. is Story number five, Detective Pikachu 2 is maybe nearing release. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. The Nintendo Switch sequel to the 3DS's Detective Pikachu game is nearing release, according to a developer working on it. As reported by Nintendo Life, senior game programmer at developer Creatures Inc. Uh, Jonathan Murphy mentions Detective Pikachu 2 on his LinkedIn page, describing his current job position. Murphy said he quote worked on one unannounced project and one nearing release Detective Pikachu 2 end quote. Though just a small update is pretty much all we've heard about the game since it was first announced in 2019. The, the Pokemon company confirmed at the time that it wouldn't just be a port or re-release of the original 3DS game, but its own fully-fledged sequel. Carly, have you been keeping up with Detective Pikachu 2? And by keeping up, I mean, did you care about Detective Pikachu 2? Because there's nothing to keep up with.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, like, it was announced, and then, like, that was it. Um, yeah. I honestly forgot it had been announced, to be honest, because it's so too. long ago. And then the pandemic happened, and now I don't remember when 2019 was, but... I'm not surprised after how good Detective Pikachu the movie was. So I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And I don't really believe it's near release because that can mean a lot of things. Um, I'll believe it when I see it, sort of, how I feel.
1: That's my thing is this is a little bit of a stretch just because you're taking this info from somebody's LinkedIn and, like, I understand how that can be. Okay, well, at least they mentioned it, right? Like, somebody's actively working on Detective Pikachu 2, and they consider it close to release, whatever they mean by close. Because close can mean a few months. Close can mean a few years. Like, what does close mean to them, especially being listed on the LinkedIn thing, where that's not necessarily about... LinkedIn isn't for, here's info about our game, right? LinkedIn is, hey, if you want to hire me in the future hire me like i'm working know. on this thing called detective pikachu
2: lincoln lately has become sort of that place for journalists to go and look at people's profiles and see like they're working on unannounced mmo at studio that's never done an mmo and you're just yeah. like what see that's stuff news. like
1: that that is like okay no that's that's absolutely solid and even like things like sean Layden announcing that he's working at tencent on yeah. linkedin like linkedin is a good source for news but when it is like a, oh, this person's bullet point on their profile is that they're working on soon to be released Detective Pikachu 2. I'm like, that is so nebulous that I don't know if I can, like, I don't I don't know if I can stand by that as like, oh, yeah, it's 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 going to come out soon. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that's they're
2: working se- on it, but that's, yeah. that's all I got.
1: <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody over at Nintendo was at least thinking about Detective Pikachu 2. Exactly.
2: Um,
1: and my my favorite is like us always forgetting that Detective Pikachu 2 exists because I the reason why that is is because they announced it in that fever dream of a showcase in 2019 the pokemon showcase where they also announced pokemon sleep they also announced like they announced a bunch of shit where i was like what the they announced pokemon shirts with the shirts with dope (laughs) um but like we've not heard about pokemon sleep either
2: yeah and i want to know that's the joke i actually keep repeating like oh we'll get pokemon sleep this time but like detective pikachu 2 just right out of my right out of my brain
1: yeah, like, nobody remembers P- uh, Detective Pikachu 2. We all remember Pokemon Sleep, and we want to get it up on Pokemon Sleep. Because let me tell you, man, I can I tried I can Pokemon Teeth
2: or whatever that was after it announced it oh, and released uh, it. Yeah, the, the toothbrush teeth, thing? It w- it was terrible. Like, the drop rate was so low, and I was like, this is not worth it.
1: What a wild brand Pokemon is. but I love
2: it. I'm it, still going to play it does the new whatever one. whatever it, it wants.
1: Whatever it wants. 1000%. Uh, Carly, I can't wait for Detective Pikachu 2 to come out soon but soon might just be so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to mom and grab shops today, where'd I look?
2: The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games, daily show hosts each and every weekday.
1: do 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 Yeah. Out today, we got DreamWorks, Dragons, Legends of the Nine Realms for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Shovel Knight Dig for Switch, PC, and iOS. Taiko no Tatsujin. Rhythm Festival is out today for Switch. Proteus is out today for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. League of Enthusiastic Losers is out today for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Switch. And then Draw and Color Kawaii is out today for Switch. We got one new date for you. Caffeine Victoria's Legacy is coming to P- uh, PlayStation, Xbox and Switch on September 30th. Uh deal of the day for you. Uh PlayStation is celebrating Sly Cooper's 20th 20th anniversary with some new merch. Uh you can get a shirt, you can get a cool looking poster. They got some cool plushy toys for you if you're a Sly Co- Cooper fan out there, they got you. If you want to learn more about that, you should go over to um the PlayStation blog. Um we're going to talk about Sly Cooper in the post show for this episode. For now, Let's hop into com slash you're wrong, where you write in. Let us know what we got wrong, as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh...
2: <laughs> Did I get nothing wrong?
1: <laughs> Anonymous Ruth- Anonymous Moose writes in and says, Chris Pratt's Mario voices leaked early ahead of the initial trailer for NYCC, which I gotta assume is also Greg. Like, Greg was playing for, <laughs> if we didn't get to it when it was on the dot, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it on kindofunny.com of slash you're wrong. It's the so fact weird. that he wrote in, he wrote in as an, as anonymous moose, which gets it. Yeah, me. yeah. Uh, what, what the f- <laughs> That's really It's really
2: important. I get it. Uh,
1: And then Jordan Deep said the same presentation that announced Detective Pikachu 2 also said that a port- of the first game was also coming to switch which we've heard nothing about since and then anonymous moose just wrote in again and says i'm not greg <laughs> so mm-hmm. there you have it that's i listen
2: now i think that now i think who, it's who could it
1: be who could it be it's obviously not greg because anonymous be... Moose just said that it's not greg
2: it's Greg giller
1: <laughs> it's mreg Mar- is mreg griller it's uh, you know, it's God. I was gonna say game, the game uh, start, Greggy, but I was like, no, that's a bad joke, and I couldn't think of a replacement. Once so there you go. It's Friday. It's fine. It's Friday. You know. Uh, next week's hosts for kind of funny games daily go like this: on Monday, you're getting Greg and Tim. On Tuesday, you're getting Greg and me. On Wednesday, you're getting me and Kelsey Lewin. On Thursday, you're getting uh, me and Tim. Then on Friday, you're getting Tim and me. Uh, if you're watching this live on YouTube right now. After this, uh, on Twitch, is a Bink charity stream that is featuring me, Greg, Mike, and Tim playing Family Feud, and then maybe you suck at parking. Uh, if you want to cast that stream later, of course, you can subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. Carly, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an awesome episode. Uh, Thanks for having me. Of course. Where can people find you if they want to uh, follow up and follow more of your work?
2: Uh, the main place is Twitter, at VelociRaptor, which is spelled like Velociraptor with an extra C in it. Um, that's that's my main social media. I am on Instagram. and, but, yeah, just go just follow me on Twitter,
1: hell yeah. Um, people in chat are asking, are we doing kind of Feud or Family Feud? We are playing Family Feud. We're playing the Xbox version of Family Feud, which is also a fantastic time. I don't know if y'all caught that when we played mm-hmm. on stream uh, about a month ago or so ago, but it's it's some prime content. And so look um look out for that. Again, <laughs> go and follow Carly on socials. Uh, Kevin, did you have something?
3: No, no. I was just reminiscing in my mind about the last time we played. Family feud and the links thing and just Roger not being God. able to get past. Like it must be a website. Like something's wrong. It's a website. They're talking about a website. Carly, if I asked you and there's only one answer to this
2: okay. name, Don't something
1: this. that Don't has links.
2: Is this name? Something that has links.
1: Yes. We'll be like your a website. Not like a website is the wrong answer. <laughs>
2: oh, okay. well, said, so, it so it was in mind? my head. Um, but remember, that has, yeah. So like like this chain? game was,
3: Yes. Oh, I think like that, Link. Like, like na- no. name uh, in Family Feud what she, she said a chain. I, that's, oh, did I you say think chain? That's, Yeah, she said a chain.
1: That's the right answer. That's okay, the right I, answer. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. answer that I was waiting for Roger McCordy, my Family Feud Stop. teammate, to make. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept saying other things. At one point, somebody
3: said golf. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here, guys? <laughs> yep, I got mad at that, too. I got mad at that, too. Come on. Goddamn. I'd fence? fence, maybe. You know? Like, that's fine, right? Yeah. I think That's why Joey Family might have Feud is the jewelry. best
2: game ever made.
3: Oh, God, I love Family Feud. I mm. also love Kind of Feudy, which you can
1: catch as the Gamescast post show on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. For now, though, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each new weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the, at the silver level of Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily.